that doesn't have to be like this. All we need to do is make sure we keep talking. listeners welcome to keep talking from the revelation station podcast i'm simon i'm gary that's the introductions out of the way gary how are you doing well it's a beautiful summer's day and you've got me inside doing this i know it's boiling in this room i've got all the windows closed and everything yeah i'd I'd open the windows but people are playing football and generally enjoying themselves outside which is pretty much what i'd like to do at this point idiots (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're getting a tan and you know looking happy and they're having barbecues and i'm sat in this cold dark room talking to you <laughs> and a pleasure it is too. <laughs> uh, so we're all still locked down in the UK. Yeah. Um, making the most of things. Yeah. Uh, how's your week been? Well, I've been keeping myself busy. Uh, I've been out and about setting fire to 5G masts and oh, uh, yeah. injecting myself with bleach. Oh, good fun. Are you cured now? No, no, I'm very, very ill. You? Uh, no, I've not been doing either of those things. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> very wise, very uh, wise. I'm, fe- I'm feeling, f- feeling fine, to be honest. It's a bit boring. I, I, like I mentioned last week, I'm actually quite enjoying not being at work, to be honest. Oh. Uh, and you still at work? Yeah, I'm still at work. They've un- they've actually furloughed half of our staff at the moment, but not yeah. me. I'm. They like me so much, I still have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody else having a fun summer and, and I'm working still? <laughs> It's not that much fun. You can't just go out whenever you want. But then, yeah, but I bet you're even in your pajamas at the moment, aren't you? I'm not in my pajamas now. Pants? Less than pants. (laughs) I'm fully clothed. How dare you? I have children. (laughs) Maybe you're all naked and running around with nappies on your head. I know that. I know that, that, I know that being locked in gets people like that. Actually, you're lucky you got me this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to have a video call with my um, local conspiracy theory group, but it was mysteriously cancelled at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Very odd. We're going to have a big talk about that. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. You you need to need to get this Netflix special cancelled. You know, it's, <laughs> these, <laughs> these jokes aren't going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my best stuff. No, actually, this is no, this is the stuff. Yeah, I'm just scraping um, the bottom of the barrel as usual. So, for people who want to know, what are you drinking? Ah, right. <laughs> well, I have in my hand a McEwan's Levy, traditional mm. Scottish beer. It's very nice. Well, pretty. Mm. Actually, you can tell it's McEwan's by the taste. McEwan's tends to taste like McEwan's. Yourself? Mm. Uh, I'm drinking a nice cold water, and I've just finished a cup of tea as per last week. You Although... animal. You're such a party animal. <laughs> I've got some beers in the fridge. I had a nice one called Pogo. Have you had that one? It's up and down, isn't it? <laughs> no, actually, it's called Pogo. It's a, a session IPA with um, peach, orange and guava in it. But you're it's not drinking nice. that at the moment? Not drinking it at the moment. I drank it last night. So you're telling me um, what you did have? I also had a Beavertown Bloody L. Have you had that? I've not had that one. I love Beavertown. That's a great brewery. It's a nice orange flavour. As you know, when Uh, we go out on a Wednesday evening, or when we did, Mm -hmm. um, the pub we go to does have Beavertown on tap, and they have um, uh, Gamma Ray, which is one of my all-time favourite beers. If they're listening, (laughs) I am open to bribery. (laughs) So sponsorship. sponsorship. No, just free beer would be great. Um, That's what they can sponsor us with, free beer. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but but um, yeah, uh, that is uh, 
all joking aside, that is a phenomenal beer. If you've never tried it, please go and find it. It's awesome. Please drink responsibly. Yes, do drink responsibly. Yes. Don't be like me. No, don't. So this week I want to tell you about a little book I've, uh, I've discovered that I've started reading which you might enjoy. I'll have to lend, it, have to lend you the series. Is it the honest, Bible? Because I know how, how lockdown gets people. No, I know how that ends. Oh, right. um, So I'm not reading that. Um, no, it's a little book called The Last Emperox by John Scalzi. Oh, yes. Um, you've probably heard of him. Um, it's his latest trilogy. It's the final part of his trilogy. Um, and I've read all three of them and they are really, really good. So the first book in the series is called The Collapsing Empire, uh, second one's called The Consuming Fire, and this one's called The Last Emperor. It's all about a, a space empire that's on the verge of collapse, and uh, the Emperor who saves them, or tries to save them, um, and it's very good. I'll have to lend you those books when, when we can finally see each other, because it's very, very good. Cool. Cool. Have you been reading anything recently? Oh, the, this beer label. Oh, read that <laughs> a while ago. Um... Uh, I'm reading, um, I'm actually rereading one of my uh, Glenn Cook Garrett novels at the moment. Oh, yes, Glenn Cook, I like Glenn Cook. Yes, it's well, a fantasy detective. It's very good. Mm. Yes, I think there are about I, 14 I, in, the, in the series, and I'm on, yeah. I think, book 11, I think. Don't ask Garrett, me what it's yeah, that would make, make a great TV show, I think, actually, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, they tried that with Dresden, and that didn't work very well at all. Mind you, mm. have you read the books? They're quite dry. I know he's very popular, but they are no. quite dry books. No, I've not read them. But Garrett's got a bit more to it, though, hasn't he? It's, it's, it's Lord of the Rings. I think it's the humour that helps um, yeah. oil the wheels. Um, another good detective novel, uh, it's a bit out of the unusual, which you might like, is called um, Shinju uh, by Laura Jo Rowland. I read that this week as well. That's about a uh, medieval Japan and... Uh, basically a detective investigating a murder in medieval Japan. That's really, really good. That's my book recommendations. That's what I've been doing this week because mostly I've been reading books, ironing, watching Star Wars Clone Wars and playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> I've been working, working and working. <laughs> I think I've got the better end of that, do you? I think you probably have, yeah. So that brings us nicely on to this mm. week's podcast. Yes, this week's podcast. So this week we're talking about the first album by a UK... How do you, would you say they're an indie band? Yeah, let me just correct you there, because before the first album, they actually released a cassette um, called Don Spirit Specs Now, and that was in mm. 1993. But it was, um, I say, it was only ever released on cassette, so I don't know if it was just while they were touring or whether it was actually yeah. released through the shops, I don't know. Yeah, it would have been then putting it out themselves as a sort of a, a thin, thing for fans. Possibly, possibly. Um, I would imagine. But it must have been well produced because the, the, some of the tracks off there were um, released onto the Lost Worlds of David Devant and the, the, you know, the production's yeah. pretty good on them. Yeah, most of them are on there, aren't they? Yeah. But we're talking about the official debut album. Oh, picky, picky, picky. <laughs> by David Devant and his spirit wife, which is called Work, Love Life, Miscellaneous. Now, if you have never heard of this band, and that is absolutely understandable because they, they are out there on the fringes, um, best way to describe them, um, they're kind of, they've been described uh, as sounding a bit like David Bowie with mm -hmm. a bit of glam rock thrown in. Um, yeah. Best way of describing them, I think, was, was uh, some of the reviews of their stage shows when they do. Yeah. Um, Melanie Maker described them as art terrorism, glam, <laughs> subtle, political, theatrical, gone mad. That's how they described them. And the Independent described them as 
In an era where most Britpop stars have as much stage presence as a bag of wet compost, David Devant's vaudeville extravaganza is a rare delight. Utilising film slides, DIY props and theatricality, they are an assault on the senses. That's how mm. The Independent described them. And we went to see yeah. them, didn't we? And could you remember what year we it was? Did. It was in the 90s, and wasn't it? It was ni about 1997. Now, I can't remember whether I'd got the album first and then saw them live, or we saw them live and then I got the album. I'm pretty sure you had the album because you dragged me to it and you were already keen on them, so you must have heard the album. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I, fairly sure. I, I certainly had heard them before we saw them live. Um, I think I'd probably heard them first on the Steve Lamax Evening Session show, which was on a, uh, a Radio 1 show from about 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock every weekday, and he played all sorts of music. That's also the show where I first heard Muse, which, as you know, is one of my favourite bands. I do indeed. And so many other great bands I've discovered through that show. It was really good. Mm. But you dragged um, me to this. Um, it's one, It's one of those... Wow, how can you describe a David Devant live set? <laughs> it's you instantly fall in love with the band. Mm. Um, they are they are bizarre on stage. Yeah. I mean, they've done everything yeah. on stage. One of the things they used to do when they were first touring was they would fire David Devant, the lead singer, who's um, the vessel, the vessel, Mikey Georgeson. They would mm -hmm. fire him from the stage to the back of the auditorium from a cannon. He didn't actually do that, but they fire this cannon and they come in through the back doors in tattered clothes and a blackened face. That's the kind <laughs> of way they'd start a show. And from that, it yeah. just got odder and odder. But, you know, they, yeah. they're so theatrical as they do their stage mm. shows. And um, you can't help but love a band that puts that much effort into being on stage. Yeah, exactly. He was quite bizarre looking because he, he wore a huge Elvis Presley wig. He did, a massive wig, big black pompadour and this yeah. pencil moustache. And he was <laughs> yeah. it, it, such a presence on stage. I think the main thing for the, for, for me was just just being blown away by how well they played yes. as well. Yes. So it wasn't just about the theatricality. I think you can take away all of that theatricality and listen to the music and the music stands up. Definitely, because even well. if you don't go and see them live and you just listen to the albums, mm. you're going to be absolutely sated. The albums are yeah. beautiful to listen to. They're such... Yeah. The, I mean, when, when I suggested doing this album to Simon last week, we both instantly thought, yes, because we both have so much love for this album and mm. this band in particular, but specifically yeah. this album because this is where we came into it. And yeah. uh, I don't think... You know, it's just one of those albums you put on and it's like... It's like beans on toast. Mm. You can't... You think beans on toast is dull, and then you remember it, and you go, why aren't I having beans on toast every day? This is brilliant. <laughs> it's yeah. just... It's like comfort food for the ears. It's mm. beautiful to listen to, and it's so joyous. That's the only way I can describe mm. it. You just enjoy yeah. listening to this album. There's no mm. point during it where you're bored or you think about skipping a track. You're just yeah. constantly... In a, there's, every time I listen to this album, I have a smile on my face. Listen back to it this week, it struck me how much this album sounds like a Greatest Hits album. It does. There isn't a bad track on here. Because every song is so strong, and you could literally release every song off this album as a single. Definitely, yeah. Um, and it wouldn't sound out of place. No. I mean, the sound itself is... Every track is, is very unique. 
Um, they tried different things on different tracks, and I think that's why, as you say, it sounds like a greatest hits because no two yeah. tracks sound of a similar ilk. They could they sound it like seems, they could be taken from different eras almost. Yeah, it seems like they've structured it specifically so that there are different feels to each song so each song doesn't sound like the last song yes. before it um, and it, it's, it, it seems to, I think they've structured it very well and they're very specifically Yeah, and when you consider um, this was their first album I mean the production exactly. on the album this is this is my original version of that album and it was released in, yeah. what, 97 was it, did we say? Yeah. The production stands up even to this day there is no way you think this album could be better by better mixing No. How many, how many bands' first albums could you say that about? Not very many at all it really? just sounds so polished. Not, it does. not just like from a production said, point of view, but from a, a, a musical point of view. Songwriting. And a performance point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, songwriting wise, these are great pop songs. They are. Well, they're not all pop songs. Um, well, I don't know. I think they well, are. By pop songs, I mean they couldn't all be in the charts. But mm. even the ones that you think are going to be slower yeah. actually work out. <laughs> to be quite quick, if you, if you know yeah. what I mean. They start off slow, yeah. but then you back into the pop rhythm as soon as you, yeah. before you even know it. A little bit about the band first. Yeah. So they were formed in Brighton in 1992 by Mikey Georgeson, as you mentioned before. He's the singer. He's also the one who writes most of the songs, if not all of the songs. Um, in the band, he's known as The Vessel. For reasons um, which will become apparent in a few moments. So the band. David Devant and his spirit wife were named after the English magician uh, David Devant, whose part of his act involved conjuring a, a an apparition of his dead wife it's, floating on stage. Spectral wife. So basically, the band got the name because um, Mikey had a, a secondhand copy of his autobiography and um, read this autobiography and realised they had so much in common. Namely, they had the same nickname at school, which was Monkey Face. And uh, he felt while he was reading this book, that he was in some way in touch with the spirit of David Devant. And that's why he <laughs> decided to choose the name of the band as David Devant and his spirit wife, and also his name, stage name, as The Vessel, because he was channeling David Devant. I believe in, uh, in David Devant's uh, biography, The Magician, that is, he... Um said that now he finished mag magic he was going to move into popular music <laughs> yes which is which is why he thinks he's um channeling his musical <laughs> stylings that david devant would have eventually come out yes. with so that's what the band is is all about they're basically channeling a dead guy's music hmm. that's what they say they're a very <laughs> a very english band in that they combine a lot of humor um without it being yeah, the songs, the songs themselves the aren't funny, but they have mm. a lot of humour in them. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm referring, there's, there's one particular track that comes later on, which we'll discuss when we get to there, which is a yeah. lot more humour. But yeah. the songs themselves are very light in tone, mm. mostly. Um, yeah. But there's, there's lots of humour hidden in there, whether it's a, yeah. a quirky start or end to the track. Because mm. they have a few bits they put at the beginning and the end of some tracks, which are a bit... Yeah. What, 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 what? As you're listening to it. But, um, I, I would recommend this to anybody who enjoys the work of Neil Innes um, or the Bonzo Dog Band. Um, definitely. I think it's that similar vein of humour. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's mainstream rock, mainstream mm -hmm. pop. So even if you yeah. didn't like humorous stuff, you could listen to it as a standard pop album. Definitely. This came out in 1997, 98, somewhere around there. It did. And. Yeah. This was the 
highest point of Britpop. So we have Blur mm. and Oasis banging on. And then suddenly you've yeah. got David Devont coming on stage. And they've got these elements of glam rock coming into this. Yeah. And they're yeah. also they're almost an antidote to the mm. serious po-faced of Britpop. Yeah, they they are the exact opposite of the lad culture that was prevalent in pop music at the time. Definitely, because because their credo, the same as David Devant the Magician, is done with mm-hmm. kindness. And that comes yeah. along in the tracks. All of the tracks, there's nothing mean. Sneering. Yeah, there's nothing sneery or mean in any of the tracks. Yeah. They're all yeah. kind. And yeah. that's that's partially why you have this massive smile on your face as you listen to this album. It reminds me a lot of uh, Louis Prima. Yes, yes, Louis Prima, because his songs were the, were very same. They were sung so joyously that you couldn't help yourself while you're listening to him. Um, it reminds me of uh, the Louis Prima album, The Wildest, in that it's just unadulterated joy all the way through. It just fills you with a good feeling. Yeah, um, and during this time, this is the one thing we need more than anything, is a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be locked Definitely. in the house, this is the album I would be locked in the house in the house with. It's one of my, yeah. um, if you like, one of my desert island discs that I would be more than happy to be stuck on an island just mm. listening to this album. Yes, I, I agree. It'd, it'd be in my top ten albums straight away. Yeah, definitely. Without any hesitation. Yep. Quite near the top as well, Absolutely. I would think. Just, I could listen to it over and over again and never get bored of it. Exactly. Now, they, at the same time, um, I mean, we're talking about uh, when the band started. Mm. And, of course, they were the house band on the Paramount TV channel uh, show Asylum, um, and every what, week they what was, was that show about? I have no idea. I couldn't <laughs> find anything about that. I just found out that they were the house band on that uh, TV show, and every week they'd do a whole new song. So there must be like a, a, a back catalogue of all songs which we haven't been able to get hold of, or maybe they where the, the album came from 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 compiling mm. the show songs. But um, that's where that, they were, you know, a house band on there, which yeah. is a bit odd. So I'm assuming yeah. that was an English. TV show on the Paramount Channel. I would have thought so. Mm. I can't imagine them getting. I can imagine them playing well in America and people liking them. But I can't imagine the TV shows wanting to have them on the on a show every week. Yeah, but I've never heard of that show before. No. So. so anyway, we've got the band. Yes. Um, we've got Mikey Georgeson as the writer and the keyboards. Mm-hmm. We've got Foss yeah. Foster as the, as the guitarist. Um, yeah. We've got Jem Egerton on bass and Graham Carlo on drums. Known, respectively, as The Vessel, Foz, question mark, The Colonel, and Professor yeah. Rimshot. Yes. Um, and as far as I know, yeah. they are still the band today, aren't they, as well? Uh, yeah, they are now, but in 99 yeah. they did actually... Uh, Foz left. And yeah. was replaced by John Pope on guitar for mm. a while. But that was only for one album and I think one tour. Yeah. And then uh, they, yeah. they eventually came back as the band. And they are still, as far as I know, playing as that, that lineup. And um, they've done four albums altogether. So there's this one, and then there's Shiny on the Inside, which is also excellent. Yeah, which was uh, in 2000. Yep. Yeah. Power Words for Better Living. 2004. Which is very good. And they've just released Cut Out and Keep Me. Yeah, in 2019. Not forgetting, of course, in 2006, their compilation album, um, The Lost Worlds of David Devant, which has every, which has tracks from all of their previous albums before that, plus um, from the cassette version of Don Spirit Specs Now and a few other mm-hmm. rarities. I should say that the title, Don Spirit Specs Now, uh, was 
flashed up at the end of each gig. Yeah, because they had um, his, they conjured the spirit wife, which was basically <laughs> a piece of la- uh, lace on a pole, but they dangled that above the audience, and on the screen it would it would flash up Don's spirit specs now. Yes, most amusing. <laughs> but so not a very prolific band by any stretch of the imagination. Not but at all. Very good. But it's also very the same good. with their touring. They're touring. Mm. If you can get tickets to one of their tour gigs, it's it's like it's like chicken's teeth. That that. They tour so rarely and so such small tours. It's like yeah. pubs around Brighton and things, and a few yeah. places in London. They don't really do. I think the tour we saw them on was the biggest tour they ever did, wasn't it? Well, we saw them in a really tiny venue in Derby. It was, but it was Derby. I don't think they've ever come that far north since, <laughs> have they? Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, funnily enough, actually, um, uh, Mikey Georgeson's worked with Jyoti Mishra who's from Derby, who uh, most famous for the song uh, Your Woman, okay. uh, which was a UK number one. Uh, he used to live across the road from me. <laughs> Get out of town. Yeah, or rather I used to live across the road from him. It was me that moved away, not him. I had a nodding acquaintance with him because he used to come into the store where I worked, Forbidden Planet, and buy a lot of stuff from us there. He's a regular customer, so I kind of he recognised me and I recognised him, but we didn't, weren't friends or anything. <laughs> oh, right. Um, Cool. So those two have worked together quite a lot as well, and Mikey Georgeson's done a few solo projects, um, which I haven't heard any of, to be honest, um, because it's not something that's easy to get a hold of. There you go. Okay, so this album we're about to look at now, Mm -hmm. um, they had three singles. They had Miscellaneous, Ginger, and This Is For Real, Uh, the highest of which was Ginger, and that charted at number 54 in the charts. Yeah. I mean, the album itself got to number 70, which... Saying considering that, yeah, band. considering they're a completely unknown band by almost mm. all of mainstream, that is not bad. Because I have never no. met anybody who's ever heard of them. No, except for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you only know because I know them. Yeah, you can put it that way if you like. Uh, I've had a quick look on Spotify today, and all of their albums are available on Spotify. Um, so they have, currently have 872 monthly listeners. That is not <laughs> nearly enough for such an awesome band. It's not, is it? I mean, not in the slightest. It's hard to to get across to people how much they should be listening to this band. Yeah, everybody should listen to this album at least once, and then once you've listened to it once, you want to listen to it over and over again because it's so good. Yeah, it's just it's, just, it's my happy place. I go to yeah. this album when I need to be happy, and it has mm. never let me down. Yeah, for for those of you who use uh, Apple, this album is also available on Apple Music. Um, I'm not sure if the rest of their albums are or not, but this one definitely is because I've checked. Yeah, you should you should really get this. It's great. Yeah. So it's not on Google Play Music though. So what a Google get, know. Get, yeah. What do they know? get with the program Google? Come on. Um, you know what? Just before we go into the album, do you yep. know what this album reminds me of most though. Apart from the Tuna. wonderful happy time we spent uh, <laughs> going to see them live. Yeah. Um, a Tomb Raider. Why? It reminds me of Tomb, Tomb Raider. Because when this came out, mm-hmm. wasn't long after I got my first PlayStation, and I was playing Tomb Raider pretty obsessively at the time to complete it. Certainly, way to and play at Tomb the same Raider. Time, and at the same time, listening to this album. So there will be times when I'm listening to this album and I suddenly get a flashback of trying to climb out of a tomb or something. Being chased by a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> and it's literally because I've played this album as I was playing Tomb Raider so much. Cool. Actually, 98, that would have been... Would that be Tomb Raider 3 or 2, 98? No, it 
Tomb, it was probably Tomb Raider 2 to come out by then, yeah. but I was playing Tomb Raider. Oh, right. Um, With the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, so... And that, you had to find the diamonds then, didn't you, to save? Ah, oh, yeah, to save. That was a nightmare. Yeah. So that's what this album reminds me of. Yeah. Happy times. So the first track is Ginger, often referred to as the Redhead's Manifesto. Surprise! This was released as a single. It's got a great driving beat. You can, well, you can't really dance to it. I don't think, but don't know. Uh, with enough <laughs> booze, I can dance to anything, to be honest. But you know, um, no, you can't. I've seen you dance. No, I can't. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. I can't actually dance, can I? <laughs> uh, mm. But yeah, this is such a good pop song. It such is such a good beat. Interesting use of the synthesizer on this as well. Yeah. Um, just to, just to mm. sort of accentuate some of the um, lines. Yeah. But this is a great song. It's got a great, kind of funny lyric, but without, like we said before, it's not being mean. No, it's, it's, not, not, being, it's not being mean to redheads. It's just it's <laughs> just basically saying that if the world was full of redheads, they would be normal. I think yeah. that's that's basically the gist of what he's getting at. So they would be fine in their own world, not in a way that they should be shunned to their own world, but... <laughs> basically pointing out you shouldn't be mean to them just because they're redheads they're the same as everybody else that sounds, so think, sounds a bit racist think, when you say it out loud <laughs> i think it's going i think it's going further than that i think it's saying that if everybody was like the redheads everybody would be happy yeah although i've met a I lot mean, of redheads and they're all miserable i have a redheaded daughter and yeah. uh, she's, she's probably the happiest person i've ever met she's um, mental as well she is mental, yeah. yeah. Um, but she, she, yeah. In fact, she's probably the one this song was written for. <laughs> yeah. Although I... she did think, she did say, "This is racist to redheads, Dad." <laughs> Until yeah. I got her to listen to it properly. Yeah. Um, so your daughter thinks it's racist to redheads. <laughs> yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think she needs to listen to it a bit more carefully, it, though, because it doesn't come across <laughs> as racist when you're listening to it, does it? If racist is the term. <laughs> It doesn't at all. It's actually, like it's say, actually more celebrating the ginger it amongst us. It is. It's celebrating that that difference of opinion. The way of looking at things is different. And that's um, the whole credo of this album, though, isn't it? It's it's a celebration of of the odd and the weird and the different way of looking at things. Yes, the, that's a celebration. This band is a celebration of the the odd and the different way of looking at things. Mm. Um, but I love this track, and this this track in particular was uh, this was one of the ones they usually played towards the end of the set and the the live thing, if I remember rightly. Um, and they 
if you remember, we've mentioned this before, the grated carrot. Yes. Over, yes, they uh, had a mannequin dummy uh, bought oh, onto mannequin, stage, mannequin yeah. dummy's head, and one yeah. of the roadies would stand there and grate carrots on top of the mannequin's yeah. head. Yes. It's very interesting. Uh, so if, um, you can actually catch the video to this on YouTube. It's available. You know, I don't think I've ever actually watched any of their videos. No, there are about four, I think, on YouTube from David Devon. Mm. They are all worth watching. They're all particularly I... odd. I do remember watching the documentary that they made of this tour, which was made by Channel 4. It was. They were followed around, weren't they, by a camera crew mm. on this tour? Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end, at the end of the, the show, he, the last gig, he burns his wig. <laughs> yeah. It was shown about 1999, wasn't it, on television? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it. It was on quite late. Channel 4, fr probably Friday night. But I never watched any of the videos, so I'm going to watch that video, I think, and see what it's like. Yeah. So that's a great song. I love that song. I think this is... Good open to the album, away. isn't it? It is, yeah, it's, and straight away you hear the Bowie uh, comparisons, not so much in the songs, but in his voice and the performance. Yeah, he's got a very um, Cockney voice as he sings. Mm, I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's got a great singing voice. Yeah. Um, but it, it and the Cockney stays with him all the way through singing it. Um, he does, yeah. Um, but yeah, but, he, he's very reminiscent of a Bowie-esque yeah. song without yeah. being a tribute, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So the next track is Miscellaneous. It's work, love life, miscellaneous. That's all the extraneous details you can't live without. Soft guitar intro, which is yep. which is really sort of calming, and you think, oh, this is going to be a slow track, and then it quite clearly isn't. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. very powerful song, um, but and like everything else on this album, it's full of theatricality and humour. Mm. Um, yes. And the best way of describing this is, if you're trying to figure out how you should be doing your life, this is the <laughs> way to do it. It points yeah, I mean, out all the main things you should have in life and if you're not yeah. having all of those things in your life you're doing mm -hmm. it wrong yeah it's basically what we would now in the 21st century call work-life balance yeah definitely um it's, it's basically saying you've got to balance these three things work love life miscellaneous and, and if you don't, you don't them, you're in trouble yeah and it, it is very um, prescient you do have to is. have a, a good balance in your life and that's exactly yeah. what this song is about yeah. getting the balance um, just right and especially living in the times we are currently living in as well, yeah. it's even more um, insightful. Yeah, because even um, though you may not be able to balance your life properly with work, 
yeah. um, you know, you <laughs> should be balancing the rest to make up for the loss of one. Mm. Um, yeah. It's important to have a balanced life. You can't focus on one thing too much. If you focus on work too much, you become dull. If you focus on anything else, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, you've just got to balance everything, haven't you? But this is a great track. It's, it's a, another joyous track, isn't it? It is. And I, you're right. It, I like the way it slowly builds up and builds up and builds up and then it gets into something a bit more, what's the word, probably strident towards the end. It does. That's, it, the, that's the very word, strident. Once he's belting yeah. out the lyrics, um, yeah. you know, it, it become, it, it's almost like a, a marching song to happiness. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's another one, which most of these songs on this album have, where you, when you know the words, you can really sing along. Oh, and I do. I really do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just as a side, while I've been exercising in the last couple of weeks, yep. this has been in the garage with me. And this is most <laughs> of the reason I'm out of breath while I'm running. It's not because I'm fat and unfit. It's because I'm trying uh -huh. to sing along to this album. All right, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not sounding convinced. So from there, yeah. we go on to the third track, which is Lie Detector. Your mouth goes dry. Your palms are to sweat. She looks in my eye And she smells regret So it's no good praying or crossing your fingers The smell of a lie Always lingers and it can't do nothing But tell the truth She knows what you've done And she's got no proof She's a lie, lie, lie detector You better say what you mean interesting track it's got another yes. driving beat um yeah. lots of humor again in this again without yeah. being actually funny yeah i so, mean we played this in our second episode didn't we um, yeah so you can get the whole song by listening to that episode um but yeah this this is witty yes definitely there's, there's none of these tracks i think apart from one which we'll come on to a little later none of them are sung for the humorous content it's just that the lyrics are light-hearted and this yeah. is a great one about basically i think it's about how you can't lie to your your fiance partner whatever yeah You're, it's the importance of telling the truth isn't it <laughs> the importance of telling the truth i looked at it the other way i th I, I looked at it from the yeah. point of if you lie you're going to get caught out so maybe that says oh, yeah. something about how re our relationships <laughs> Well, it's it's the same thing. The importance of telling the truth, the song's about, but which you know is also don't lie to people. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm more down with the getting caught than the not lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, I think it says something about our relationships. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But this is another one. Where this the reason I, I say this album sounds like it's a greatest hits because this sounds like it should be the first track of an album. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's a it big, great opener. It, it's such. Yeah. A, I'm going to use the word joyous again, because <laughs> you can't you can't discuss any of the tracks on this album without referring to the word joyous. Yeah, you can't at all. Uh, and this is this is another bit... great great sing along track. 
But yeah, it's a good driving rock song. I think this one's like it's got some good guitars in it, and yeah, yeah but great. Tra- but track. the chorus, you just you can't help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. And the sing end, on. yeah. At the end, perfect. Ah, brilliant ending to this track. Yeah. Yeah. There are bands that could learn from how to end a song, learn how to end a song from this one. Definitely, yeah. 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 It doesn't go, doesn't outstate its welcome. It get, tells its, tells what it's got to say, and then it ends. Yep, and it ends brilliantly. It does, and that leads us on to the next track, "Last Ever Love Song." Definitely, um, it's a, it's a much. This one is a much slower track, um, um, and accordion led or yeah. or synth accordion led. I'm not sure. I, I put in my notes it's very Parisian cafe. It does have yeah, that. It does. That's the first thing that comes to your I, mind when you start listening to this track. Yeah. You you feel yeah. like you're in Bohemian Paris, mm, wearing a beret. Definitely um, wearing a beret. Sitting and, and sitting and drinking coffee, and smoking uh, a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the feel you get from the opening of that. Yeah, and this is this um, is a, a charming little love song. It's kind it's of. It's not a love song, though, is it? It's not a love it's, song. It's about a guy who writes love songs or performs love songs. It's a tribute. Song. It's a tribute to the last ever love song. Yeah. So it's kind of implying that music's finished because this song, the last ever love song, finished all music. Mm. But the but <laughs> so the inter- but the story in the track is also about. A performer getting a note from a fan yeah. to come back and do one more last song, which I assume yeah. is this song. Possibly. Yeah. I don't but, know, so but... it kind of tells a story. This one is less humorous. There's not. There's no real humor in this track, but it's beautifully yeah, you know, performed. It's a different type of humor. Like I say, to me, I think it's a story about this person wrote a song and it killed music because nobody could top that and nobody wanted to release another song after that so this is basically the uh, the virus that killed music yeah. is this song that he wrote and so there's no more new music but and again, then all of a sudden the fan writes to him and says we can play this song for us yeah. and so he does but again uh, David Devant can't help themselves they've got this slow accordion song but in the middle yeah. it builds up to this stomping beat again yeah. just just for the chorus just for the, the the sort of epilogue of the of the song and yeah. you find yourself waiting for this to start because you can almost feel the beat starting it's really good yeah. and then it, it slows back down again yeah. yeah but it's a great again another great song this is i know people are going to find it hard to believe that we're reviewing mm-hmm. an album that's just hit after hit after hit because it doesn't seem possible. You know, everybody buys yeah. an album that's got some great tracks on it, but there's always one or two hokey tracks that you're not too clear yeah. on. This, this album does not have one of those. 
No, it doesn't. In fact, this is probably the slowest track on the album. Yeah, I mean... But you still find yourself loving it. There's nothing not to like about this track. I mean, there are no tracks on this album that I think, eh, don't really care for that track. No, you don't skip like any of them, do you? more than others. No, you don't. I like some tracks more than others, but I like all the tracks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so, another about turn for the next track, which is I Think About I Think About You. I mean, you've just listened to a nice slow track, and this one just belts it out straight from the word go, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. line one, there you go, boom. Mm. Again, though, <laughs> another no love preamble. song. Yeah, exactly. This is an actual love song, though, where, as, a, as opposed to a song about a love song. Yeah, it is, it is a love song, but it's got a slight weird overtone, hasn't it? It's almost... Yeah. Uh, like a love song from the Twilight Zone, as in it's it's not it's not your standard. We're in love. It's the standard. If you could see in my mind, we'd be in love. Yeah. It's a bit creepy exactly. in that respect to a certain extent. Little, I think. Actually, yeah. But he's got some great lyrics. I particularly like uh, the lyric. Uh, it's from the heart. Yeah. So play a part in making my egg runny. I love that line too. <laughs> that is a great line. It's 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 the thing I like about this track, and it is one of my favourites on the entire album. It's, mm. it's the change in tempo and styles all the way through it. It really keeps yeah. you on your toes as a listener. Yes, it does. But, but the thing is, like almost every other track on this album, you just you just sing along to it. You can't mm. help yourself. It's it's a great little track, and you could you could just drive yourself mental just singing to it in the car, or <laughs> in the stereo, in the bath, or whatever. It's joy again, joyous. It's a, I know people can get bored of this word, but. It's it going to be in every track we review. I'm going to use the word joyous because that's the only way to describe this album. It, it's such a good album. It's like I almost feel like I've got nothing else to say about the album other than it's brilliant. Yeah. You should all listen to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this song in particular um, is a favourite of mine. It's not my very favourite. That's coming a bit a little bit later on, but this is one of the so good. I wonder if we've got the same favourite track. Oh, we've never discussed we this, have we? No, we haven't. Both discussed we like it. Yeah, so we come on to the next track, which is Parallel Universe. Sometimes I like to think that there might be a parallel universe. And if there is, I know they live our lives out exactly in reverse. You and I could go there if you think that you could maybe get some time off work 
And if you do, you never know You'll see the sights and we could always Go berserk But is there really only one big bang? Is there only one cool of the gang? There's not enough hours in the day This is what the angels say This is another slow one, isn't it? Nice moody vibe to it. I like the the mood. It's, you know, there's a lot of layers to the music in the background. There is. That's the other thing. I mean, considering this is the first album, and they're a mm. they're a very small band, the music is yeah. is quite complicated for for mm. you know for a first time album. I think this would have ended back in the days of vinyl. This would have been the song that ended the first side of the album. Yes, it would have been. Yeah. Uh, so it's that kind of vibe to flow into the. You know the whatever you call it, the out track. Yes, um, it, it's, it's got a, it's got a finality about it. But but in, on a CD, this is just the middle of the album. But how would you describe this track? Um, I can't. I can't. I don't even know entirely what it's about. I think no, it's just. I don't. I, I think it's about it, looking at things from different points of view. Maybe I don't know. Possibly, possibly. It's difficult to say, isn't it? The lyrics are so clever, but vague. But you don't really say anything in yeah. this one. Um, I mean, yeah, he puts Cool and the Gang in there, but only so that he can rhyme it with something else. Yeah, it, it's an in, it is an interesting track. And again, it's not a boring mm. track, but if anybody can come away and tell us what this track is about, that'd be great. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to enjoy it until the end of the time, not even knowing what it's about. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I just enjoy it. So we come on to track seven, which is Reinvent the Wheel. Come on, then, let's reinvent the wheel. <laughs> My patent pending, please accept my deal Something clicked inside, that's how you made me feel Pretty please, let's reinvent the wheel You put your best foot forward, you break a leg What came first, the chicken or the egg? Don't think too hard about what to say Cause I want our love to be a cliche Again, another 
another love song. Another love song, but this one is is much more energetic. It's very glam rock. Yes. I think, this, to me, this is the most Bowie-esque um, track on the album. Yeah, uh, Bowie-esque as in the fact that it's got a, a relatively simple melody, simple yeah. tune, but done exceptionally well. Yeah, it's got a little spark of something that, that in the hands of anybody else, this song would be quite boring. But David but... Devant brings, brings a liveliness to it. And if you actually sit there yeah. with your headphones and just listen to it. The music is really rich. There are many layers to the music from what you think of yeah. is quite a simple tune. It's one I can yeah. I can enjoy listening to on headphones because you can just hear different layers and levels in the background yeah. and just ignore yeah. the, the lyrics for a moment and just really enjoy the music. It's a great mm. little tune. It's good. It's good. Again, I've got nothing else to say about it other than it's great. And it's another really good enjoyed. sing-along. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, that's yeah. sing-along to all of these tracks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm. So this brings us on to number eight. And now I turn to Uncle Joe. He rolls the dice, because it's his go. He lifts his hand to scratch his chin Cos when he plays, he plays to win And now I turn to Cousin Sarah I pull a face to try to scare her To Uncle Joe, she shows her cards He says, piss off Let's play charades. And now I see across the table the grinning face of Auntie Mabel. I look at her, my knees go weak, her mouth a tremble, she starts to speak. Now, I have to say, this is one of my favourite tracks on the album. Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, this is the most humorous song on the album. It is. Um, it is. It, it's a great little piece. You just... Yeah. Uh, it's one of those where you start and you think, what is this song about? And as you slowly realise what the song's about, you find yourself smiling <laughs> wider and wider and wider. The first half of the song, you think it's going to be a murder ballad. Yeah, because um, it's it's talking about in a kind of way. it's talking about uh, bodies being found in different rooms yeah. and uh, murder weapons and things. Changing the evidence isn't so wise, and all that sort. The of facts stuff. don't alter. The facts don't alter. <laughs> yeah. And then, literally on a dime, as the saying goes, it flips, and you suddenly realise it's about Cluedo. Yeah, it's about a family playing <laughs> Cluedo and how they're all sat around the table glaring at each, each other, trying to figure out who done it. It's a yeah. brilliant little track, and there's some <laughs> beautiful little gems that they've put in there that you just listen to yeah. and you just burst out laughing. It's hard to describe how much fun it is to listen to this track. It's, and again, this is why I say they're very similar to people, for people who would like Neil Innes and the Ruttles and that uh, the Bonzo Dog Band. This is that same sort of humour that they have, that this song has. And like Jonathan Colton. Yes, yeah, very much so. Although this is well before him, isn't it? Oh, so, much before um, Jonathan Colton. But it's it's that yeah. kind of humour without being funny. 
not telling slapstick. And yeah. As much as you and I both love Weird Al, because we never grew up. Exactly, but Weird Al is more in-your-face humour, whereas this is very subtle. And you suddenly, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> a realization. Yeah, and it and it and not only that, but it's a, it's a great tune. Mm. But it, I mean, um, the Spanish guitar intro. Is brilliantly yeah. played and well done, and you wonder where this song's going to go from this Spanish guitar intro. Yeah. Um. But I, I love the way the song progressed into a different, again, different styles as they change narrative during the song. Well, they, you get different styles of music. A lot of key changes in this. Uh, a lot of key, key changes. Like, yeah. A lot of key key changes for yeah. long-time listeners. Um. Very much like a prog song. It's like a mini prog song. It is. It, it should be a twenty-minute prog song compressed <laughs> into three minutes. Yeah. So you've got yeah, all I mean, the various yes yes definitely it's it's like <laughs> there are so many different areas you could cut this if you cut this track with a pair of scissors down into small pieces you would not assume they were all from the same song no definitely not but it's <laughs> it's it's a great song and every time I listen to this I have a broad smile on my face as it the lead out that she was using what was she using <laughs> and then the singing along to that you shout at the top of your voice yeah yeah it's absolutely brilliant it's a great one i mean by the end of the song once you've heard it once the second time you hear it you are singing the last uh, note <laughs> yourself you're just yeah, belting yeah. them out you can't help yourself i just love this track it's one of my favorites so good and that goes on to the next track which is this is for this is for Serial killers. Well, it's not. Well, it kind of is. Serial killers. I don't know if the first guy is a serial killer. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a song about social misfits. Yeah. Social um, misfits. Yeah. Of the darker variety. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily uh, something you'd think of for making a song about, especially yeah, I mean, the, got... the, what the, the, the themes they go into here. But it's again, yeah. it's another, it's another humorous, joyous song with a macabre theme. Yeah, I mean, it's got that fun, bouncy music matched to these, like you say, macabre lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird, weird combination, but it works beautifully. 
because you couldn't you couldn't again. sing if you sang the lyrics they're singing to a different tune you could mm. end up with a very dark song indeed yeah i mean i was just about to say that uh, uh, you know that we're making it up as we go along yeah well we <laughs> this are song, yeah. i think well we are i think this song is very much about it's almost like an existential crisis isn't it isn't it's it like, though you know, yeah definitely yeah <laughs> well, when we woke up we thought what's the big deal then we remembered this is for real yeah <laughs> so you know it's but, but I'm going to say I'm going to say now yeah. I don't know about you this is my favourite track on the is album. this your favourite track this is my favourite track yeah. okay there's a lot of competition for it but this is my favourite there is one. a lot of competition I wouldn't say it's my favourite track it's up there because to be fair I'm absolutely honest they're all my favourite tracks this there. Yeah. It's, it's like we said right at the beginning this is like a compilation of the best of you, there's yeah. not a track on here which you're, you're ever going to flip through you wouldn't skip any of these no, no. but yeah this is my favourite track this is the one I could sing along to most if I had to choose one track of this album it would be this one as reluctant as I might be my favourite would probably be the next track because I always refer to yeah. this as my theme song I'm not even going to try so when my auntie Mabel says Dave have you laid the table I'm not even going to try And when a friend of mine says David have you got the time I won't even pull my shirt sleeve up And when I see a nutter who's lying in the gutter I'm not even going to try It is my motto. It's a credo I live by. Um, and as soon as my boss figures out that this is my credo, I'm probably going to get fired. But um, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is a live track or a pseudo live track. I think it actually is recorded live, but I've checked my CD and nowhere does it say that it's actually recorded live or where it's recorded. Mm. So I don't know if. Yeah. Now this... I mean, it sounds like it's recorded live, even without the crowd noise. Mm. It sounds like it's 
called Light. Now, musically, this is an interesting one because it starts off basically one of the old uh, drum beats that you got with a Casio keyboard. And as you develop through the song, more instruments are added until it ends up mm. as quite a performance piece. But it's a yeah. very simple intro. Yeah. So the track is called uh, I'm Not Even Going to Try. And it's basically mm -hmm. this drum beat and Mikey is just belting out well, talking the track yeah. until it builds up and builds up and builds up. I love this track. This is an yeah, awesome track. I mean, this is, uh, to be fair, this is my second favourite track on the album. Yeah, and you can't yeah. imagine I this. Two tracks. This has to be uh, the best live track. I mean, the rec they recorded it mm. as a live track, even if it's not actually live, yeah. because yeah. that is the best way this track could be performed. You Definitely. couldn't do a studio version of this track. A good old sing-along with everybody singing along. It I'm is an awesome sing-along, and you can't help yourself joining in on this track because yeah. the audience yeah. are joining in as well so you find yourself yeah. doing the audience bit as you're singing it so yeah. it's oh, this is such a joyous track again <laughs> with the word but it it's, there's no way of describing this album apart from joyous this track in particular lyrically is the exact opposite of Don't Stop Believing by Journey. It's like the <laughs> negative version of It that. is. This is literally about giving up. <laughs> yeah, it's not even about giving up. It's like not being bothered yeah. in the first I place. Don't care it's if, not even starting. I don't care if I don't win. I'm just not even... I'm not even going to start caring. Yeah. yeah. Forget, forget Don't Stop Believing. I'm not even going to start believing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's done literally in, the opposite. Again, Mikey sings this beautifully. And it's, it's one of those tracks you will just... You cannot help but join in yeah yeah and <laughs> you will get booted out of many a pub if you listen to this on your headphones because you will sing it in the middle of the pub guaranteed as, as i'm sure you're speaking from experience many experience moments yes <laughs> you just can't help yourself yeah. i was listening to it earlier in the garden in the nice sunshine yeah. which i'm not in at the moment because i'm talking to you and i was sat there on the bench doing my notes for this and, and listened to the album and uh i had my headphones on and a beer in my hand and i was singing and it then i thought Actually, I'm singing this out loud. <laughs> Neighbours looking at him. Oh, he's, he's there he's singing there again. again. Oh, he's listening to David Drunk. Devant again. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk in the garden yeah. singing along. <laughs> oh, they're used to it by now. <laughs> mm. But yeah, this is basically apathy in song form. It is. It is. And it's it's joyous. Um, Absolutely it's brilliant. brilliant. I love this track. It leads into... Um, we've only got two more tracks left on this <gasps> album. The next track is Light on the Surface. There's a door that never closes On a room where a girl composes Tongue twisters on the concept of time And the carpet is unrolling On which we all are strolling And a clock that my mother once owned Forgets to chime Just need something to do to pass the time. 
this is a slower ballad again, isn't it? It's, 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 well, it's sort of a ballad. Yeah. I mean, this is the way that this album kind of plays with your expectations, because if you were just listening to this album and you got to this track, you'd think this was the last track. This is a traditional wind-down-the-album last track. Yeah, definitely. It's got a great and, chorus. Know, it has, yeah, and it's got that, that kind of double meaning in the title as well, you know, light on the surface, um, as in light playing on the surface of something, or you're very much not very deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's a, I mean, it could be my theme song, couldn't it, really? But it's like, this is a, another great track, but as you say, you... When you listen to this album, you're almost reaching to turn it off now because you assume this is the last track. Exactly. Uh, but it is 100% traditional wind-down album. Track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you'd be very much mistaken because it isn't the last track. Well, of course, then it comes on to uh, track 12, Good Night. Now. Um, and but... absolutely rock your socks off. Don't be afraid of the dark now. It's just like being born. Say your prayers at the side of the bed and I'll leave alone. finale for any album you've ever listened to. No, I can't actually. This is the, one of the ultimate best. end album tracks. I mean, it literally says, good night. This is, this is the end of the gig, basically, isn't it? You know, yeah. light on the surface is the end of an album. This is the end of a gig. It's this kind is, of... You, you go out of the, the bar or the pub or wherever the gig's playing and you just go, that was brilliant! Yeah, but it, <laughs> the song itself is basically somebody singing to their child good night yeah and they're, they're telling yeah. you know tucking them up in bed reading them a story and saying good night we'll see you in the morning there are things to come in the yeah. night you will see monstrous yeah. things and wonderful things and i'll see yeah. you in the morning but it's it's such yeah. a brilliantly rousing track i mean i can't imagine anybody going to sleep after listening to this to be honest because it's not <laughs> no. a good night it's it's a stand up and shout track but it's it's a beautiful ending to this album. It is absolutely brilliant guitar playing on this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great well. rock guitar uh, piece, isn't it? Really good. Yeah, really good solo on this. Absolutely brilliant. And um, that's Foz, isn't it? I it is Foz, yeah. 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 Um, so good. Um, I mean, the whole of the rest of the album uh, musically has been good anyway, but the, the, that guitar solo is so such a fitting ending and really well done. Um, so good. Mm. Brilliant. I mean, that's the thing about this album. Um, considering it's the first album and they're a band which don't really tour that much and don't produce that much stuff, it is brilliantly performed. Yeah. I mean, not during any of this album do you think, oh, the keyboards are letting it down or the drums aren't really up to scratch or the guitarist is a bit wobbly. You can not mm. believe that they haven't produced that much stuff, but they sound yeah. like they've been doing it for decades. I mean, by the time this album was released, they'd been around as a band for five years. Um, which is still which, uh, playing in the garage for most bands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some some bands have a phenomenal rise. You know, you think of Marillion, um, and they had a phenomenal 
two-year rise from forming as the lineup that got signed to being signed and having hit singles. Um, yeah, but Marillion toured but most, nationwide. Um, David Devant yeah. never really did that. I don't think they ever left, yeah. left Brighton for most of the time. Judging by when I've looked at various reviews of their gigs, most of mm. them are based in or around Brighton. So I don't know if they actually tour very far, very often. I don't know, but you know, five years. Yeah. they've obviously honed their songs to this point. But it just this, feels so this polished. Album. This album. It does. Yeah, it's um, it, it's just a great album. I like, like we've said already, this is one of my favourite albums. Yeah, you you you, you can't help but love it. Um, okay. No matter what your, I mean, because we we both got very varied musical tastes. Yeah. But we both agree that this is a brilliant album. Yeah. And I think it's fair to on say the... that most people, no matter what your taste in music, there's something on here you will like, mm. if not love yeah. the entire album. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to cover the album with you <laughs> on this podcast. So that people who listen to us by subscription, who normally would tune in for the Genesis-related stuff, um, maybe branch out a little bit and give this album a try and see yeah. what you think. It's, it's very different to Genesis, but I, I think it you'll is. find the journey worth it. It's something that I can only recommend. You, you listen to it, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Brilliant album. One of my favourites. Yeah. Um, I hope everybody else checks it out. Everybody listening to this checks it out. And especially during um, this time, I mean, you need a bit of cheering up, and this is the album to do it. Definitely. Um, I, I can, like I say, I've mentioned it before, I can only think of uh, Louis Prima's The Wildest as a more joyful record. Yeah, even um, if you don't get that album, uh, almost anything by Louis Prima you'll yeah. love. It's, it's, it, 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 Louis Prima was what, what era was Louis Prima was it 40s 50s 30s 40s 50s yeah um, he was an jazz. American jazz singer um, and his songs are just so much fun to listen to you can you can he tell can when, you, when you're listening to the album that they just had a ball recording it I mean he's most famous for playing the voice of uh, King Louis in the Jungle Book yes um, and you, you'll know some of his uh, tracks. I'm just a gigolo, for example, which was uh, yep. covered by uh, Dave Lee Roth and a few other people. Yep. And also, you may have heard uh, the Stray Cats cover of Jump, Jive, and Whale, which is another Louis Prima song from that album. But this is not a Louis Prima podcast. <laughs> uh, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe, maybe another time. So I recommend anybody check this David Devant album out. Um, yeah. It's brilliant. And I've run out of beer, so we need to wrap this up at some point. Don't think we just put it. So, Charity of the Week. I didn't do a Charity of the Week last week um, because, I'll be honest, I completely forgot about it. So I've got another one this week. This one's a little bit more personal. It's not me, before you say anything. Um... <laughs> friend of a friend was admitted into A&E on 16th August 2019 with stomach pain. Uh, turned out to be stage 4 bowel cancer. Um, this has spread now um, and unfortunately due to the lockdown he's not able to do his chemotherapy course. So he has three children um, aged 6, 4 and 16 months uh, and a wife and they are trying to raise funds for alternative treatments. So they're trying to raise £11,000 to pay for this treatment basically which isn't available on NHS. Um, and even if it was, all NHS non-essential things like this have been cancelled. So I'm going to direct you to facebook.com slash 4adamslife. That's F-O-R-A-D-A-M-S-L-I-F-E, 4adamslife. Um, and that will tell you everything you need to know about Adam. Um, and you'll be able to find a link there to donate to his medical fundraiser. Um, it's, he's well on his way to getting some of the money he needs, but um, I would urge you all to help if you can like i say he's a friend of a friend i don't know him personally but he's a friend of a friend um so this is quite a personal one so that's my charity of the week um and i hope 
you can donate something to him. Yeah, good cause. Um, I've also got something to say on this point. Um, during this really difficult time, and everybody keeps using that phrase. I mean, it was pointed out to me this week that adverts used to be buy a Toyota, and now all the adverts are during this difficult time, buy a Toyota. Um, <laughs> it, it, everything starts with during this difficult time now. Um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff on the media, television, whatever, about the NHS and how we should be thanking them. And that is that is utterly true. And I, I like everybody else, we appreciate all the efforts that that are out there for those people. Um, but I would personally like to thank the people on the front lines that we don't hear about very often. They're not getting the recognition they should. Those are the people who work in supermarkets, who are keeping food on our shelves. These are the people who are driving trucks around the country, who are keeping us stocked. These are the people who we don't get lauded on the media, but are making sure everything is there for us throughout many countries of the world. Just making sure that the basic necessities are there for all of us. They're, you know, they're taking goods in and out, moving them around the country, putting themselves at risk as much as anybody else. But they're not getting the, you know, the, the credit for this. And I'd just like to say thank you to everybody out there who is putting themselves on the line to make sure that I've got food on my plate, my bins are getting emptied, etc., etc. You're, you're yeah. all heroes to us. You don't have to be the NHS, even though they are heroes as well. But you know. Yeah everybody out there who's making sure that the rest of us can live relatively normally thank you so yes. much yeah thank you you don't get a clap every thursday at eight o'clock but you deserve one anyway yeah definitely so that's it that's this podcast yes. over with if you should want to donate any money to the podcast you can go to uh, buymeacoffee.com and search for the revelation station podcast on there um and you can donate the price of a coffee to the running of, of us um it literally just goes to paying to, for the website and equipment and things like that. So any, any money for that is gratefully accepted. Yeah. Um, also, if you don't want to hear any more of these, slip me a tenner and I'll throttle Simon. Or just not answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope you're enjoying these weekly podcasts we're trying to put together. If you are, you can email us on revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Exactly, the Revelation Station Podcast on Facebook, please dropping there um, for the next podcast I think we're going to drop back into Genesis territory a little bit Ooh. it's an album called Genesis Rewired which is The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway re-recorded with strings so we're going to have a listen to that um, that's uh, the drummer Nick De Virgilio, um, who is currently the drummer in Big Big Train, has been a drummer in uh, many other prog bands such as Spock's Beard, but also played on a couple of tracks on Calling All Stations by Genesis. And he re-recorded the whole of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway um, with an orchestra, or with stringed instruments, um, and we'll have a listen to that probably over two parts because it's quite a long album. Yeah, just like we did for the original Lamb Lies Down. Yeah, so if you want to do a bit of homework in the meantime, you could dig that out and listen to that. And, uh, You're I'll talking to me, speak to you next week. I'm talking to the listeners. All right. <laughs> and we will speak to you next week. Stay safe. Stay safe. Keep talking. Goodbye. Bye. Um, I had a couple of ideas, by the way, about... Um, you had ideas? Some, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not had anything much to do this week. Oh, right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>